You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119 and verse number 81. The Bible says, My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke. Yet do I not forget thy statutes. How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon earth. But I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after thy loving kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Psalm 119 is uh, such a, a powerful, powerful psalm. It has to do, really, the whole psalm has to do with the Word of God. And I hope you love the Bible. I hope you uh, spend time in the Bible every day. Now, here's what happens. Sometimes the longer you've been saved, the more you've been in church, the, the more you've read the Bible, the more you've heard preaching, sometimes we think we know it. And we would never say, oh, I know it all. But can I tell you, uh, the Bible is not like just any other book. The Bible is a living book. It's a powerful book. And every time you get in the Bible, and every time the Bible gets in you, it can change you. And uh, it can take a bad day, and it can make it a good day. And it can take a bad situation and turn it into a good one if you'll just get in the Word of God. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light unto our path. Uh, it is our uh, roadmap. It is our guide. It is our sword. It is our bread. It is our life. And uh, we must get in the Bible. So let's look at Psalm 119. By the way, uh, Bethany, you've got your friend here from Florida. We're so glad you've been here. And I, keep, I know I, I, sh I should remember your name, but... Bethany, help me out with your friend's name, Lissette. We're so glad that you're here from Florida. And then uh, Madeline's brother, Aaron, is here from Colorado. And uh, I'm so sorry that you both picked a weekend to come, and we've had kind of a crazy weekend. But it's, you're making memories, right? You will not forget this weekend. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing, though, if it had been worse. Had all the restaurants and all the stores been closed, then you would have been able to find out if Madeline and Bethany can cook. But you didn't have to find that out, right? No, not yet. But uh, we're so glad you are here. Psalm 119, we, uh, we ended, uh, I think it was November, I forget what the date was, but we ended uh, up in the previous uh, section with uh, verse number uh, 78, Psalm 119, 78, it says, Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in thy precepts. We saw uh, David's focus. He said, I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing. I'm going to focus. I'm going to meditate on the word of God. And then verse 79, David said, Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those that have known thy testimonies. We see David's friends. You know the kind of friends I want to have? I want to have the kind of friends that love God. I want to have the kind of friends that are true to God and faithful to God. And by the way, those are the friends that will help you when you're having a hard time. The ones that will encourage you and they'll sharpen you. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs, iron sharpeneth iron. 
uh, if you are the best Christian in your group of friends, then you're probably not getting very, getting very sharp. You need to get around some people that, that walk with God and know God and can see answers to prayer and, and have, have been down the road and they've stayed faithful to God. And then we see in uh, verse number 80, we see the fact that David was fixed. He says, let my heart be sound, let my heart be established, let my heart be fixed in thy statutes that I be not ashamed. Then we get to verse 81, and this is the section I'd like to focus on for a few minutes tonight. I want you to notice verse 81. David says, My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. That word faint, it doesn't just mean that you get lightheaded. It doesn't mean that you, you know, get a little dizzy and you fall over. This word faint, it means to waste away. It means to be exhausted. It means to be wiped out. Some of you are thinking, that's exactly how I feel. How did David know? That's me today, right now. And uh, some of you just coming off of sickness. or uh, I, don't know, I don't know how you feel about days like today, uh, but I read somebody posted on Facebook. I saw it this afternoon. It's exactly true. They said, nobody, nobody overthinks things more than a pastor on Saturday night with a forecast of snow for Sunday. That's all I've been doing. Uh, to me, a, a snow day is not a relaxing day for me because I'm, I'm constantly looking at the weather. I'm constantly talking to people saying, what do you think? What's going on? What are you hearing with the forecast? And so today was not a relaxing day. Uh, it's been a good day, but maybe you're wiped out. Maybe you're worn out. Maybe it's just been a full day. Maybe it's been a long week. But David said, my soul fainteth. He said, I am exhausted. I am wasting away. He said, but there's one thing I know that can fix it. There's one thing that I know can help me when I'm worn out, when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted, when I feel like I can't go on. He says, I hope in thy word. My soul fainteth for thy salvation. David needed God to step in. David needed God to deliver him. David uh, believed that God would come through because God said he would come through. And can I tell you, God will always come through for you. If God said he was going to do something, you can mark it down. He will do it. By the way, if you're watching online or if you're listening on the radio, I could use a few amens about now because I'm not getting them from this crowd here tonight. So help me out if you would. David said, I need God to deliver me. I need to get my assistant pastors in here. At least I would think we could get some amens from them. But David was waiting. He was expecting God to show up. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Here they are. Oh, I'm just glad they put out their cigarettes before they came back in the building. Whew, thank you, Lord. But David, number one, in verse number 81, we see his confidence. His confidence was in the promise of God. And friend, I want to tell you, you can't put your confidence in man. By the way, please do not put your confidence in me. Now, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best to be the pastor that God wants me to be. I'm going to do my best to be the husband I need to be and the father I need to be. And I'm going to do my best to be the man of God I need to be. But you can't put your confidence in man because people will disappoint you. People will let you down. You say, oh, not so-and-so. Please don't say that. Soon as you say it, guess what? That person will let you down. I'll tell you, I've known 
And you've known, if you've been around very long, I've known men of God who I thought, if there's anybody I can put my confidence in, it's that pastor. It's that preacher. It's that person. It's that Sunday school teacher. And guess what I've seen over and over again? I've seen that people will let you down. But can I tell you, that's because we're all human. We're all flesh and blood. Uh, we are not perfect. We are all just a bunch of sinners that have been saved by the grace of God. Do not put your confidence in man. Our confidence must be in God. And David said, my soul fainteth, he said, but I'm going to hope. I'm going to put my confidence in the word of God. Verse number 82, mine eyes fail for thy work, saying, when wilt thou comfort me? Verse 82 David says, my eyes failed. Now, now think about this. David is saying, my eyes are getting tired. Not like tired like I can't keep them open. Not like I got to get toothpicks in there to pry them open like they used to do in the cartoons, you know. But he said, I, I feel like I've been watching. and I feel like I've been waiting so long. that I feel like my eyes are tired because it's just, it's not happening. It's not working like I thought. David said, my eyes fail. That word fail is the same word as fainteth in verse 81. He says, I'm wasting away. I'm exhausted. My eyes are failing. I, I just, I can't keep looking. Can I tell you, most Christians do not have eyes that are tired from looking unto Jesus. Most Christians, our eyes are tired because we've been waiting on a friend or waiting on a family member or waiting on a boss or waiting on a neighbor or waiting on a coworker to do something for us. But can I tell you, if you'll get your eyes back on Jesus, he'll come through. I'm not saying it's going to come through when you think or when I think, or I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but I'll say this, if you'll wait on the Lord, he will come through. Most Christians do not have those kind of eyes, but David said, I am. I'm waiting. I'm watching. I'm anticipating like you're waiting for someone to show up at the house when somebody says, I'm coming by this afternoon. So what are you doing? You're waiting. You're watching. You say, man, I thought they were coming this afternoon. It's four o'clock. I've been waiting all afternoon. And then it's getting close to five. And you say, I thought they were coming. And you're starting to just wonder, are they coming? And that's what David said. He said, I'm just wondering, when wilt thou comfort me? God, when are you going to help me? Can I tell you this? If you're waiting on God, he's coming through. If you're waiting on God, he will not disappoint you. And I see, number one, the confidence, but number two, I see the comfort. David said, when wilt thou comfort me? Hey, David, I got an answer for you. God's going to comfort you. And when he's going to comfort you, I don't know. But I know he's going to comfort, and I know that his timing is always best. Verse number 83. David says this, For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. That word bottle is an interesting word. It's actually the word uh, wineskin. It's like how they would take uh, the, uh, the, the skin from an animal and they would use that as today we would use a, a water bottle or uh, maybe the military would use like a canteen. That's what they would use uh, many times to hold uh, the wine. That's what they would use to hold the water. And, and, and he's got this 
this, this picture in his mind of, of a wineskin, but he says this in verse 83, he said, I'm like a bottle or wineskin in the smoke. Well, here's what he's saying. David said, I feel like I've been through a fire. <laughs> I feel like I've been through the smoke. I feel like I'm all dried up. By the way, what happens when you've been in smoke very long? Start to smell like it. You get dirty, right? You, you get that soot. You get all that stuff on you. You can ruin your clothes that way. You can ruin a, a good piece of equipment that way because it's in smoke and uh, it's, it's, it's near a fire. And David said, I feel like I'm useless. I feel like I'm not important. I feel like I can't be used by God. I feel dirty. I feel like I'm, uh, I, I, I'm just dark and dried up and covered with smoke. And David said, that's how I feel, God. But he says this, yet do I not forget thy statutes. This third word, I had to dig deep into the Hebrew to get this word out, but I think you'll be impressed. Number three, David felt crummy. He felt pretty bad. He said, I feel like the bottle that's been in the smoke. I feel like I'm dirty. I feel like I'm useless. I feel like things are really just bad. But, verse 83, he said, I'm going to not forget thy statutes. Verse 84, David says this, How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? David asks a question. And by the way, this question is asked throughout the pages of Scripture. David says, how long? Lord, how much longer? How much longer do I have to wait? If you're a parent, you've heard that question many times from your children, right? How much longer? When are we going to be there? How many more minutes? Uh, you know, what's really fun is when it's not minutes. And it's not even hours, it's days or weeks, you know. And uh, I'll say, I'll tell, I'll tell Chloe or Kylie, I'll say, uh, it's going to be in 30 days. Here's what they'll do. One, two, three, four. They'll count to 30. Hey, it's 30. <laughs> Not 30 seconds. 30 days. But David says, how many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? David says, when are you going to do something to those people who are persecuting me, the people that are attacking me, the people that are trying to, to take my life. God, when are you going to do something about that? John Phillips is a Bible commentator. And John Phillips said this. I've heard others say this. I don't know if it's original with him. But he said this, whenever God allows his children to go through the fire, God always has his hand on the thermostat and he always has his eye on the clock. Now you think about that. Any trial you go through, God knows what you're going through. and His hand is on the thermostat. And his eye is on the clock. And God's not going to put you through something that is more than you can handle with His help. And God's not going to give you more than you can bear without uh, His help and without His aid. You see, God is too wise to be mistaken and God is too good to be unkind. And although David felt like God was not doing anything and that, that, that nothing could happen and nothing could help, David felt like he couldn't make it much longer. But can I tell you, he knew that if God would show up, he knew that God could give him the victory. Number four, we see in verse 84 that David was counting the days. 
He said, God, I'm counting on you to take care of my enemies. They're too strong for me. They're too many for me. I can't handle them, but God, I'm counting on you. As I'm counting the days, I'm counting on you. When wilt thou execute judgment? He knew that God had to do it. Verse 85, the proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. You see, in Bible days, and I don't think this is done anymore, of course, I'm not the expert hunter or the fisherman or the outdoorsman, but you could maybe tell me after the service if this is still uh, happens or takes place in any parts of the world. But in Bible days, they would oftentimes, they'd dig a pit, and they'd cover that pit, and that's how they would try to catch an animal. And David said, I feel like I'm the animal. <laughs> I feel like that they're digging pits. They're trying to capture me. They're trying to catch me. They're trying to kill me. And they've dug a pit that I feel like at any moment, I'm going to fall in. David says in verse number 85, the proud have digged pits for me. There were pits, plural, there were many. Can I tell you, first of all, maybe you've been there. Maybe you've felt that way. Can I tell you also, I hope you're not the one digging pits for people. I hope you're not the one that's trying to hurt somebody else and I hope you're not the one that's saying something to somebody or, or doing something to hurt somebody. This is not after the law of God. This is not the way God would have you to do it. You say, but I, that, if you knew so-and-so, they were ugly to me. Well, what does the Bible say you're supposed to do to your enemies? Love them. Do good to them. Be kind unto them. The Bible doesn't say that you take an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. The Bible says you let God take care of it. Revenge, vengeance belongeth to the Lord. But here we see people were digging pits and they were trying to capture David. We're not supposed to dig pits to cause people to fall. We're supposed to find the people that have fallen and we're supposed to pick them up. We're supposed to help others. We're supposed to lift them up. But notice what it says in verse 85 that it's the proud that have digged pits for me. Well, what happens to pride people? What does the Bible say about, uh, what, what happens to proud people? That'd be the right way to say that. The Bible says pride goeth before destruction. And see, you may think that you're better than somebody else and you may think that you're gonna uh, do something to hurt somebody else, but I got news for you. God has a way of turning the tables. The book of Proverbs says, he that diggeth a pit, that person's gonna fall into his own pit. You may be trying to hurt somebody else and God may turn that thing around on you and you may do nothing but hurt yourself while you're trying to hurt somebody else. David is calling out to God, number five, the word is capture. He says, God, they're trying to catch me. They're trying to capture me in their pit. But can I tell you, you and I must ask God every day to lead us, every day to guide us. Did you know you're one step away from falling into a pit that that old devil's got for you? Did you know you and I, we are just one decision away from falling into a pit somewhere that, that, that Satan has got all mapped out because he wants to take you down? That's why every day we must pray and say, Lord, would you direct my steps today? Lord, would you guide me? Would you lead me? Would you help me today? Help me to avoid the pits and help me to avoid the traps. Verse number 86, all thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. David says, God, all of your commandments are faithful. All of your commandments are right. All of your commandments are dependable. But he said, God, there's people that are persecuting me. And then I like this, number six, the cry. 
It's a cry for help. He says, Lord, would you please help me? Now, don't raise your hand. I, I was going to have you raise your hand, but don't raise your hand on this. But how many of you in this room, just, just think about this. How many of you have a hard time asking somebody for help? It's hard for some people, isn't it? I'm going to do it myself. I'll figure it out. Can I tell you, the problem is sometimes that attitude is predominant in the Christian life. And we think we've got it all figured out that we don't even want to ask God for help. Well, let me remind you tonight, we need God's help every day. Don't get so proud. Don't get so big. Don't get to where you think that you've got it figured out. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care uh, how much experience you've got. I don't care how many testimonies you can share of all the things that God's done in your life. You need God today, and I need God today. We need Him more today than we've ever needed Him. And David, the man after God's own heart, the sweet psalmist of Israel, he says, God, help me, please. I've got to have your help. Verse 87, they had almost... Consume me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. The word consumed means to make an end of someone. It's actually the same word in the Hebrew as the word fainteth in verse 81. It's the same word in the Hebrew as the word fail in verse 82. And now he says that I had almost been consumed. He said, I was almost just wiped out, finished. I was done. Almost. Number seven, the word is consumed, almost consumed. David said, I was almost consumed, but not quite. You know why you and I can make it through when the enemy is on the attack? And you know how we can make it through the trials and the burdens, the problems of life? We can make it through because we've got somebody who is there to help us every step of the way. And you and I, we would have fainted. And you and I, we wouldn't be here tonight. And those that are watching online and listening on the radio, if it weren't for the grace of God, you wouldn't be tuned in tonight, I'll promise you that. You wouldn't be living for God. You wouldn't be uh, living a victorious life. You wouldn't be having anything to, to be happy about. But because of the grace of God, you and I, we were almost consumed. We were almost gone. But aren't you glad that God picked us up? David was determined. He said, I'm not going to forsake thy precepts because I've seen what God has done and what he can do. Verse number 88, David says, Quicken me after thy loving kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. The word quicken, it means to revive. David said, God, it's your loving kindness that revives me every time. When I'm depressed, when I feel like I'm persecuted, he said, God, it's something about your love and your kindness just gives me, a, gives me a, 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 a breath of fresh air, just gives me motivation. It just gives me the determination to keep going. It revives me. It quickens me. You see, David talked about fainting, and he talked about failing, and he talked about being almost consumed, but he says, here's the answer. I need God to revive me. I need God to give me new life. I need God to give me new strength. Aren't you glad tonight that God is able to revive us? Aren't you glad that God is able to quicken us? He is able to help us. The word number eight I'll give you is the word comeback. 
You see, David felt like it was over. He felt like it was done. He felt like it was finished. But God was not done with David. And I'm glad that if you're here tonight, and you've got a pulse, and you're still breathing, and your heart is still beating, i got good news for you. God's not done with you either. No matter how tough it is, no matter how difficult it seems today, or maybe this week, maybe there'll be some news that'll come that will completely devastate you or me. I want to tell you, as long as God is in the equation, there can always be a comeback. There can always be a quickening. There can always be revival as long as God is at work. You see, revival is simply this, verse number 88. He says, quicken me after thy loving kindness, so shall I keep or obey the testimony of thy mouth. You know what revival is? Sometimes we think revival is, we got to put up a tent out there. Revival is we got to have a preacher come in and we got to have a preacher come in and, and have a, a Monday night and a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night and, and we need to, uh, to have a flyer, you know, and we need to put it on Facebook and uh, we need to advertise, you know, revival, you know, happening. Well, can I tell you what revival is? Revival is when God's people, us, when we just get back to obeying what God has told us to do. Because think about this. Do you think in our church, do you think we'd experience revival if everybody started reading this book every day? Do you think we'd see revival if everybody started praying and talking to God and interceding, uh, coming to God and making our requests known every day? Do you think we'd see revival? I do. Do you think we'd see revival if people started getting burdened for their lost loved ones? started praying for him and witnessing him to him like God's word tells us we're supposed to do? I think so. What if everybody showed up next Sunday and said, you know, we've been coming to church for a long time and we're, we're going to keep coming, but we want to do something. We want to serve God. Oh, what can we do? Oh, can we help in a class? Can we help on a bus route? Uh, can we come and uh, can, we, can, can we push a vacuum cleaner? Uh, can, we, can we help with, with fixing the buses? Uh, can we help with a meal? Can we help with a junior church? Can we serve in the nursery? Can we sing in the choir? You know what we would say if everybody came Sunday saying we want to serve? That's revival. Whoa, what happened? But you know what? We're already supposed to serve. I mean, God's word already tells us we're supposed to serve and not just serve. We're supposed to serve with gladness. Wouldn't it be great if Sunday, if those that already serve, they showed up, Sunday school teachers, choir members, ushers, nursery workers, and everybody showed up Sunday, and they were literally, they were just beaming. They were so fired up. And you, could you imagine if you went around to the other workers and said, can you believe we get to do this? We get to work on a bus route. We get to sing in a choir. We get to teach a class. We get to help with a meal. We get to serve. We get to go out soul winning. We get to go out and tell people about Jesus. And we get to, can you imagine if we had a whole church full, full of people that started serving the Lord and they were happy about it? I tell you what, I think that would be, would be revival. Revival comes when God's people get back to obeying God and doing what God has said. And when we get back to obeying, God says, I'm going to give you 
a quickening. I'm going to give you new life. I'm going to give you new strength because everything we do for the Lord got to be done in His power anyway. Isaiah 40, 31, I'll close with this verse. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. David said, I need a quickening. I need a reviving. I need some life. I need some strength. I need some energy. And he said, I'm going to get back to obeying your word. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.